what's going on guys welcome on into second and short this is the cheap seats fantasy podcast i am your host Tyler louder joined with mosaic mc east jason teasley and we are on the mosaic mc network how you doing man doing good doing good had a had a uh, roller coaster week in a league but doing good especially with the trade deadline looming it's been a pretty pretty interesting week uh, let's get into some news and things. Uh, playoffs are looming, so the news of the, the dreaded week 10 to 11 era of injuries uh, was insane. It was almost like we we're in preseason week two right now with how many big impact injuries that we have. Uh, and for guys that were loading up to win this year, you might be screwed. And actually, in one league, I yeah. did lose Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Cooper Cup all in a league Ooh. yes Ooh. and it's a league where you start two quarterbacks two running backs two receivers two tight ends so <laughs> i'm in real big trouble that, that's a big hit i'm down to logan thomas and tommy tremble right now so my my championship odds are uh, dropped so but let's talk about some news and things going into week 11. so brandon cooks is not practicing hip and wrist they did remove his captaincy uh, this is a very slippery slope, and it just kind of goes to the, the question of why did they not trade him? Like, why couldn't they just find a deal that looked bad on paper but benefited them in the long run? It doesn't seem like Brandon Cooks is going to be with the Texans next year. No, I mean, the Houston front office is a mess anyway. I mean, we see how they handled the Deshaun Watson situation uh, and everything. Um so yeah, Brandon Cooks is it's it is a very volatile situation. I feel that is just getting worse and worse. Uh, the fact that they didn't trade him was a big surprise because they obviously don't want him there, mm-hmm. and he obviously doesn't want to be there. Other injuries that we have throughout the the um, just give me a, a a scale of one to ten. How concerned are you about these these rapid fire? Uh, Nico Collins limited on Wednesday. Uh, I'm I'm about a six on that because he Devon- steps up in a bit of a bigger role. Devontae Adams, uh, abdomen injury, limited in practice. Uh, I'm going to say that's probably about a seven. The Raiders did lose uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Uh, losing Adams even for just a week is going to really take a toll on any of the fantasy a- a- outlook for Derek Carr. Uh, Michael Gallup, he he practiced on Wednesday. It's looking like he's moving towards playing. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm going to give us a three. I don't think it's the impact. And the biggest one, obviously, um, Cooper Cup placed on injured reserve. Uh, what is your concern level right now? We'll just go redraft. I mean, he's out for four weeks, so potentially he's back by the time our playoffs start. W- what are your thoughts? Will he even be back for the season? No, he he shut down for the season. They just don't want to make that announcement uh, because the Rams are in disarray right now. They are probably the worst bounce back Super Bowl team that I can remember. Uh, I think that if they try to bring him back, it's going to be a mistake. Their season is pretty much done. Uh, So I think they shut him down for the year and just let him rehab uh, properly. And having having come back next year at a hundred percent. And then last rapid fire, Mark Andrews practiced on Wednesday. Some hype this, there. Uh, this is a two. 
I, I think he's going to be good to go. Good to go. Now let's talk about the final news and notes here. Uh, this isn't really a big controversy thing. I mean, obviously we have Zach Ertz IR done for the season. Dallas Goddard IR. He probably will be back in four weeks, considering the Eagles are contending. And with that loss they just had, and the Vikings still with only one loss, um, and the 49ers playing really well, I think the Eagles are going to want to get that one seed to have that bye. So I think Goddard's going to come back. Not as concerned there. Uh, we did see Khalil Herbert get put on IR, which means David Montgomery is going to do what he does every year. And we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Uh, but Carson Wentz has been cleared to start throwing. Uh, by Ron Rivera, uh, but Kayla Hineke is going to still get the start uh, this week against the Texans. What would you, what, what is you, what is your thought process on this? Because Taylor Hineke clearly or Heineke clearly has Hineke Hineke. I don't even know. Heineke. He, he clearly has the backing of the team. He has the backing of the coach. Obviously, he's been in Washington longer, and the guys seem to really work behind him. However, I would like to believe I still from my eyes that Carson Wentz is still a better quarterback. He's still a guy that can go out there. And if you need somebody to get you a touchdown drive, he's going to lead you to a touchdown drive where Taylor Hennigy can probably manage, but you're going to need to rely on your running game more. So like, what are your thoughts right now? Would you let Hennigy go until he loses? I'm kind of right in the Hennigy role. Um, Simply because he does have the backing of a team, um, and we see this. Uh, we see this a lot. Uh, you could be a mediocre quarterback, but your your team supports you. They're going to elevate you. Um, so that is the the premise I take. Um, and you don't have to rush Wentz back as fast as you typically would. You're not in panic mode. You have a sustainable quarterback in there that has the trust of the team, the trust of the players, that knows some of the player quirks, that can, you know, put the ball where, uh, like, McLaren likes it uh, and get him in, in open spaces, get him better looks because of that comfort level. So I'm riding Haneke till at least another week after this one um, simply because of the familiarity and the backing up. And with that being said, news and things is over. Let's kind of move into the segment that I want to kind of bring up league winners. Now I know a lot of people it's, it's a, it's a, it's weird to say because like, it's like a prediction of a guy that there's two ways to go about this. He's already been a league winner all year for you. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey, if you got him in the second round, uh, Christian McCaffrey, if you got him in the first has been doing well. I don't even care about the, the snap share with Elijah Mitchell coming back. That doesn't bother me. Um, Justin Jefferson, guys that you got early that have been studs all year, they're obviously going to be league winners. But when we say league winner, we're talking about guys that you've maybe drafted at the back end of your startup, you know, of, 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 if you're redraft and everything. Um, uh, and I kind of want to navigate the suit dynasty aspect as well. Uh, maybe they're guys you picked up on waiver wire early in the season, guys like Victor Cruz type guys that are like league winners that came out of nowhere and now are helping you win. It's going to be guys like, Dante Foreman, who, because Christian McCaffrey got traded, he's going to help you win the league. It's going to be guys that are going to benefit from these mid to late season injuries. It's going to be somebody that was supposed to be good, but isn't going to be good. Probably somebody like Allen Robinson. I know, sinning right now by saying that name. So let's kind of go over some potential league winners this year. And I want you to tell me your thoughts on them as a league winner. And then we're going to talk about and discuss 
what should you do dynasty aspect? Because that's the hardest one. Redraft is simple. Pick these guys up, let them play for you. You don't worry about the next year. But these guys that gain this value late in the season that didn't have any value beginning of the season, what do you do? And we'll talk about that towards the end. So let's talk about our first league winner. And it's a guy that has, uh, he's been a league winner before. Uh, he kind of consistently does this. He gets kind of put down all the time. And we're talking about running back, currently running back 33, David Montgomery. Cleo Herbert is on IR. Uh, David Montgomery has produced one finish as a running back one this year, and that was in week two. And everything after that has been running back 16 or below. So what are your thoughts on David Montgomery being a league winner for you this year? I think it's somebody that you could buy low right now and help you win a league because uh, the emergence of Justin Fields being a scrambling quarterback, come, kind of coming into his own, being on that, uh, being able to throw on the run, finding his tight end, uh, and everything, I think it opens up a lot of options. Montgomery is going to wear defenses down uh, with a very physical aspect and open up holes in the second half of games. So I think this is somebody that you can add uh, for not very for not a very high price tag and help you uh, propel you into that league championship. Yeah, and here's the situation. Um, let's talk about Dynasty Impact now. He's going into a contract, uh, a, a, a free agency year, essentially, um, nice. after his fourth year here. Uh, but here's here's the reality on Dave Montgomery, who gets disrespected like crazy. Um, he's, he was drafted in like fifth, sixth, seventh rounds this year. Everybody was all hyping up Khalil Herbert. Dave Montgomery, in the past three years, and we'll just do PPR numbers, uh, running back 24, running back 4, running back 19. Only the running back 24 year was the year he played actually 16 games. Uh, every other year he played less. He's currently running back 33, and he's going to have a lot less touches, um, I would think, and, and receptions. But in the final couple weeks here, he has a real good chance to move himself up. Now, next league winner. Oh, oh sorry. I don't know. So, Dynasty, what do you do with, what do you do with Montgomery? Like, it, let's say you have him on your team. He helps you propel. I mean, do you take this time right now? Is, is this just like a sell, sell, sell um, as soon as you can type thing? Or do you use him for, like, what do you do? I'm, I'm a Montgomery truther that has Montgomery in just a, probably approximately 75% of my dynasty leagues. And he is going to be one of those running backs that I ride till the wheels fall off. I'm not trading him. I've made it known that he's not going to be traded. Uh, I'm a truther. I think that his time in Chicago may come to an end. He may end up in a better situation. But like I said, with the field situation, that may help him and may want Chicago to keep him uh, because of the chemistry and stuff and the familiarity with the offense. Now, next running back here, and he's in a bye week, so it's a very interesting situation, but we have running back Rashad White. Now, dynasty-wise, uh, we'll get this out of the way. He's a guy that should he should have already been drafted by you. Um, in a really bad rookie class. He should have been a guy that you were trying to get at the back end of first, early seconds this past year. If you missed out on those other guys, um, I, I think that's where he was falling. I think you had all year to try and trade for him at a low value because we knew that Fournette is going to eventually get pushed out. And it looks like that's kind of what's going to be happening. Even with the bye week, giving Leonard Fournette more time to heal up. Uh, we saw when he took on Seattle, I mean, they gave him 22 carries. 
get 105 yards. Uh, he didn't have any targets though in the in in the game. He did have some kick return uh, as well, which I thought was weird for your starting running back. But I, what do I know? Um, but going forward, I mean, he has a very favorable schedule. So if Rashad White gets the the go ahead, I mean, teams that are in the bottom 16 in rush defense, he has Cleveland, New Orleans, and in the final three weeks, Arizona, Carolina, and Atlanta. Lots of opportunity for him to win you a league this year. Dynasty-wise, I think this bye week window is your time to buy him because he's on bye, and you might be able to get... This is going to be the cheapest he's going to be is this week. After this, his price is going to increase every week. Yes. Um, this is somebody that that I, I like, um, and we just seen a... In one of my leagues, we've seen one of the most craziest, ridiculous trades I've ever seen in my life uh, because the guy thinks Burnett's going to be the one. But White is the guy moving forward. Uh, we've seen the, dis, um, the disdain that he had a few weeks ago. He, he was public about, you know, not feeling that he was being uh, – he had the feeling he was being pushed out. And it, it, it's – you see the cracks there. They're, they're losing faith in him. He is getting up in age, um, but more importantly, the physical style running back he is, his body's taking a toll on him. So we we see him with a current hip injury that he's going to be resting in the in the um, bye week here. But somebody to grab in any format is White. Uh, after this after this coming uh, week twelve, you're not going to be able to touch him in dynasty uh, for. A feasible price so it's somebody that you you should be targeting like you said on your bye week because people think Fournette steals a man there go out get him make the deal because come week 12 you're going to reap these benefits going into your playoffs he's going to be a plug and play starter would you send a 23 first round pick for him yes you would uh i'm yes. a contender though yes yes six or lower Okay. I would need to be six or lower to to do that first. Okay. Now let's switch over to wide receiver and let's talk about wide receiver Paris Campbell, 25 year old. Uh, he's in his fourth year. Uh, he's never finished higher than wide than um, wide receiver 130 in PPR formats, but right now he is currently wide receiver 36 in PPR formats. The previous three weeks with Matt Ryan at quarterback, which is week six, seven, and ten. And Matt Ryan's going to say the quarterback going forward, it looks like with Jeff Saturday at the helm as the only undefeated coach in the NFL currently right now. Um, but he, in week six, he was wide receiver nine. Week seven, he was wide receiver five. And last week against the Raiders, he was wide receiver 11. Uh, in those three contests, he saw 32 targets, good for 24 receptions. And he had a touchdown in every single one of those games. Paris Campbell, league winner, even though he has a week 14 bye, was pending playoffs week 15. I mean, this guy could be a sneaky flex play, especially if you just lost Cooper Cup. Yes, this is a, I've got him on quite a few waiver wires this week alone. For some reason, he was still there. I uh, picked him up in about five leagues. This is somebody that you can add either for a swan song or a waiver wire claim. That's going to produce, um, and it's going to be a surprising production. Like you said, he's he's starting to produce. The kid is young. Uh, he's getting that mentality down. 
to be able to run crisper routes. Uh, I was watching on TV a breakdown. His route running has improved by a thousand percent, and that's leading to production. I think this is somebody that definitely can win you a league because he's going to be a sneaky flex player or a you know plug in for a injury uh, and still get you adequate production. You might need help in other positions, but this isn't going to leave you bare at the wide receiver position. Now, what do you do dynasty aspect? If you have Paris Campbell on your team, you've had him this whole time. He probably was a first-round draft pick by you if you still have him from his rookie draft. Um, are you trying to capitalize on this value right now and trying to sell him for anything? No, I'm holding him. Uh, young kid, got a bright future. Receivers, we tend to see, especially in a dynasty format, takes a little bit longer to produce. It's very, very rare you see instant impact uh, on a wide receiver position. Uh, typically, it takes about two to three years. Then you see these receivers blow up because you have to think most receivers coming out of college, uh, you got that transition year. You've got, you know, it's a lot a lot of stuff thrown at them, but by their latter part of their second year, their third year, they're actually uh, producing dividends. This is this is the case here. Campbell is a is like I said, you said twenty five, very young for a receiver, and he's starting to get the flow of the game, get his routes run, his hands have improved. His field vision has improved. Um, I think he's got a pretty solid yards after catch uh, number. I haven't looked it up uh, oh, recently, yeah. uh, but his yards after catch number is is well above the league minimum, uh, league average. So you you see that once he's getting the ball in his hands, his field vision is improving, and he's got he's got that top gear that can break away from you know defensive backs for to extend plays as well. Now let's talk about a guy that is slow soon, probably, potentially, we're going to predict that he's going to benefit even more. Uh, we're going to talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, in his nine weeks, he has six weeks of double-digit fantasy point production. Uh, he's been a wide receiver three, five times of those six, and he's been a wide receiver two one time, uh, which was last week. Uh, he's seeing a good amount of targets. He's only had two weeks that have been real disappointments, which is two and three. But ever since then, I mean, he's put up nine or more fantasy points and a guy that I think could be flexed going forward due to all the injuries that we have. He's about to get Deshaun Watson uh, of those six double digit weeks, uh, five of those. He's had 70 or more receiving yards. And he's I mean, he's currently sitting at wide receiver. What is he sitting? He's sitting at wide receiver. Uh, hang on. 46 on a year in PPR and he has zero touchdowns. So for me, I mean, I'm looking at a guy that if I need help, he's going to be on my roster. I'm going to put him on. And I think this is a guy that, I mean, Amari Cooper and him, I, I don't see the Browns being able to draft a receiver for a while. I don't see them going out and getting another receiver somewhere. I think Donovan people Jones could slowly work his way into being a consistent wide receiver three to four. And I think this is a guy that I, if you haven't already, you should be going and getting because getting double digit point scoring, like getting 12, 11, 13, 14 points, it might not seem the greatest. He's never going to get you 50 points, you know, uh, in a week. He's not going to Justin Jefferson something, but a guy that you can consistently trust, he's in his third year. He's showing he's doing more and he's doing it with Jacoby Brissett. 
I think that you need to buy now on People's Jones. Get him now. If you can somehow get him for a 23 third and stuff like that, like I would throw those out the door at them now um, to get him. Yeah. And uh, this is a player, me and you talked about in the preseason, that is the key, definitely keep on your radar, uh, DPJ. Um, is is a solid wide receiver. Um, and you got to think, uh, wide receiver 46 with zero touchdowns. Zero. So, so that's going to put, if you put that in perspective, you're probably going to have, he's probably outperforming a lot of receivers you drafted, uh, a lot of players that you drafted in rounds seven through 10 um, to fill that kind of flex position. But he has no touchdowns. He gets the upgrade at the quarterback, which is a tremendous help because not taking anything away from Brissett, uh, because he's done a fine job in there. But I think Watson has a stronger arm that opens the field up a little bit, that gets uh, People's Jones uh, more vertical routes. Cooper's going to fe- uh, feast as well. But playing opposite of Cooper, you're going to get that one-on-one matchup. You're going to see a lot more soft zones on your side of the field. And you're going to produce. You're, those touchdowns will come. Uh, that's, that's, that's the problem that people go, well, he doesn't have any touchdowns. They will come. Once Watson gets back, you're going to see. I figure he's going to end the, end the season on at least five or more touchdowns. I mean, if he, if he just had three touchdowns on the season, he'd currently be wide receiver 34 just with three touchdowns added in. And I know we can't do hypotheticals like that, but another big thing is this week they're playing in Buffalo. There's supposed to be a ton of snow, which means they're probably not going to be able to throw a lot. The ball's going to be cold and he might end up having this type of down week where his value will drop a little bit more. And then he gets Watson after that. So I would almost say right now, this week is going to be the best time to buy him. And I think he's great value going forward for you. It's he's a very cheap buy, especially for these dart throws we have in, in our rookie drafts let people hype up this next class and think that it's going to be really deep and benefit that by throwing a late round pick towards him. Now going over to tight end, uh, there is not a lot that I'm looking at thinking that, Oh man, we're going to have a lot of like league winners from this area that aren't the predictable guys. Um, I, I do think that down the stretch, Tyler Higby's really going to benefit here. Uh, he's going to do a lot for you. I think Hayden Hurst is a guy that we need to keep looking at, but with Chase coming back, it, it might hinder a little bit, but the, the targets are there. Um, Cole Komet's been performing really well. I, I think the only one we can really say is kind of like a surprising league winner is there's two guys here, and we'll talk about them together. Uh, Foster Marino uh, for the Raiders, just because of all the injuries and people being gone, uh, but also Jawan Johnson, who's come on a little bit stronger as of late, being kind of, this red zone look for Andy Dalton, uh, even if Winston starts. I mean, these two guys are surprisingly performing really well. Uh, Jawan Johnson is currently tight end 11 on the year, um, which just shows how poor this tight end group is. But he's, he scored four touchdowns in the f- past four weeks with a wide receiver two, 37, eight, and four performances out there. Uh, just a guy that if you need somebody, probably could help you. Foster Moreno, though, is somebody that I think could probably get more targets going forward. Uh, over the past four weeks where he's been playing more, uh, he's seen an uptick in targets where he's received 23 targets in the past four weeks. And that was before Hunter Renfro was shut down and Darren Waller was officially shut down. Uh, on IR, 
and he's got a decent matchup. So talk about these tight ends. Which one do you prefer right now? And dynasty value, what would you do? Uh, I, I'm in both situations. I'm going Marino um, because we're seeing that uh, Waller is is starting to be bit by the injury bug over the past two years. Even with the injury, you're still getting older. I think Waller is 30, 30, 31. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm just trying to recall memory. Um, but he's still he's still aging. Uh Moreno is a young thing. A lot of people hyped him up in the preseason. Um, I think me and you was kind of mad on him. But right now it's somebody that you can uh actually add, especially with the Raiders being decimated. Uh Receiving wise, he's going to see the looks just because the the targets are going to be uh, there available from other players being on IR. Is this is this more of a redraft thing? Where we're only really considering a redraft. We're not really worrying about dynasty. With I'm taking him. I'm taking him with dynasty too because, like I said, Waller is getting older. Yes, um, yes and yeah, I, I understand that aspect. So, so what are you trading for Moreno then? Uh, I'm going to. I'll, I'll give a mid second for him. Uh, simply if you could find an owner that gives you a mid, uh, we'll take a mid second for him. I think uh, in next year's class, to be honest, I think anybody would take a mid second from. I I think anybody would do that deal with you in a heartbeat. Yeah, and you're going to benefit. Uh, whoa! Uh, so I, I'm curious because me and you like to debate here. What what would you give up to get him? I don't know if he's a stronghold for a long term. Um, I like Moreno uh, a lot. I I. I think that he is a decent blocker and he is a decent receiver. Uh, I probably would only trade for him as an additional piece thrown into another deal. Um, if I was trying to sell a piece for like a pick and something, uh, I would probably throw him in. I think his value is probably that worth of like a fourth round pick in your leagues. Uh, and I, I just don't know with what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to have a new head coach. I don't know if they're going to have a new quarterback. I don't, I don't know anything. The Raiders are such a mystery to me that I don't want to take on any risk at all. Redraft wise, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and pick him off if I can. If if I have the injuries to Goddard and Ertz, uh, I like him for some spottiness here and there. Um, and I think he has potential to get you six catches, 50 yards, maybe a touchdown on the week. Juwan Johnson is more of a, a same thing throw in. I don't see much from tight ends in New Orleans for a while. Uh, the tight end position is very scarce, so I understand the aspect of wanting to get somebody in, uh, but I, just, I, I can't trust the Raiders. That's my biggest thing. Redraft-wise, yes. Dynasty-wise, I cannot. Uh, now, okay. with that being said, uh, we're going to quickly go over some gut checks here, like I said, and then we're going to ask the final question, and we're going to move forward. So uh, gut checks here. Um, I'd be very worried if you lost Dallas Goddard, Zacher, Cooper Cup. I, I'd be worried that they're not they're not going to return. You got to get somebody now. Don't wait. Uh, I think guys like um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Cam Akers look like they're just going to be washed for you this year. Don't worry about them. Same thing with Leonard Fournette. Try and trade him away while you can. Uh, if Jameis Winston comes back, yeah, I'd probably be worried about Alvin Kamara. Uh, I have, I have no concern over Devontae Foreman. Uh, I have marginal concern over James Conner and I have marginal concern over Najee Harris. And then last thing, this will be for you. I have no concern over Jonathan Taylor and I think he is going to be back. And I think Jeff Saturday is going to 
run him as much as possible to win games. Yeah, I mean, the the fear of Jonathan Taylor being a bust uh, was put to rest this past weekend. So don't don't sweat. Hold on. He's still a plug and play. He's a, he's a never sit. And just write it out, and he will lead you to it. If you're in fourth to first, he's going to lead you. He's going to put you in a position to get a championship. Yeah, and I think guys to keep a look on and everything is uh, make sure that you can go get some of these guys we talked about earlier as league winners, but also keep your eye on Darius Slayton. He should be rostered by you. Um, I think that Jamal Williams should be started every week if you're holding him, you know, Lions-wise. Um, I'm not worried dynasty-wise about Justin Herbert. Um, I do think injuries are wide receivers, but then again, you got to be able to throw to whoever's just there. Uh, for me, you know, that's that's how I look at it. I, it's hard because I feel like Herbert's starting to, this value is kind of dropping. Try and trade for him if you can uh, because people are kind of down on him. Down on him. Um, and if you have any anybody still that's like a Denver Bronco, get rid of him uh, as, as yeah. soon as you can. Um, try and trade him away for any holding value they have based on namesake. Now, last thing. Um, we kind of talked about this, and we're going to open this up every week, and we'll kind of dive deep into these in the offseason. But let's get quick preference. So I just found out that one of my leagues I'm in, and I just, I just didn't, I didn't know this because I've never been in a league that's done this. We are going to have a consolation bracket for seeds seven through twelve, and the winner will get rookie pick one one, and the placement of finish will determine rookie order. Uh, Eleven and twelve get buys, so they guarantee lock into top four picks, which means the worst one one can do, the worst team can do is get pick one three. How do you feel about this? I'm in many leagues that do this. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. Sometimes it benefits, sometimes it does not. Uh, but we kind of, in the some of the leagues that I'm in with it, it's kind of skewed uh, because you get like a handicap uh, based on your points for. Uh, so that's so it doesn't skew it a whole lot because if you have a really good team uh, that he hit that barely missed the playoff on points, you know they're performing the team's performing. So we kind of handicap it to make it kind of level it a little bit more. But yeah, I mean I'm I'm not opposed to this. I I I'm middle of the road on the concept. I like it in some aspects. Some aspects it can hurt the league. I personally uh, hate this. Um, I think it's <laughs> terrible for leagues. Uh, I think the whole point of the rookie draft, same thing in the NFL, is to give the worst teams the opportunity to get better players so therefore the league can create a balance. If I know that my team is good enough to make the sixth seed or fifth seed in the playoffs, but I'm going to get bounced out, I might as well throw my last two weeks and get the seventh seed, and then I can just dominate there uh, in in the consolation bracket, and my potential playoff team now gets Bajan Robinson, and now I'm a contender. And that team that was dead last, not because they're not trying, but because statistically, if they started their best players, they would still lose. They're going to miss out, and now the team doesn't get better, and I think it it doesn't create a parity and a balance in your league, and I think it really disrupts... Um, league health in the long run i think it seems fun to have a consolation bracket and i think they're good i think consolation brackets should be for a bonus pick like if you want your bottom six to compete for a pick cool the bottom six in the playoffs you compete for 12 team league you get pick 
213, something like that, where you, you can add a pick in. But there's no reason that the seventh best team should be able to get the best rookie, which is a game changer in some leagues. That's Jonathan Taylor. That's uh, that's Ben Robinson. That's McCaffrey. Maybe that's these are that's massive in a superflex league. That's Joe Burrow. You just gave the guy that probably already has good quarterbacks. Like he's a, he's a, he's a playoff team for a reason. And you know, so that that's my thing against it. Um, where I'm at, and also I think personally, when you have consolation brackets, I think it devalues trade value of all draft picks. Because trading for the worst teams first does nothing because that could end up being pick three or four. Like it doesn't, it, there's no point anymore. And the value drops and people don't see that their pick drops because it's a first round pick, but it does drop. And so I think it, I think long-term it hurts leagues. I don't think it benefits. I think you're going to see more league turnover with situations like this uh, versus my suggestion. We'll take, we'll dive deeper into this. Uh, max points forced if you're on sleeper or potential points if you're on my fantasy league or anywhere else. It, essentially, it means no matter how much you tried to win, you probably still lost because you would have scored less points than the other 11 teams. Therefore, let's get you a good player to maybe score more points. That is, in my opinion, the best way to do it because it prevents tanking. Uh, because potential points, like if I try tanking and I go 0-13, when my potential points put me at 6, well, now I draft at 1-6 because... If I would have started the best players, I actually would have the six best team. You know what I mean? So that's kind yeah. of where that goes. So but thank you guys for listening. We are getting out of here uh, again. Uh, subscribe, like, follow, stay tuned. If you see this on Twitter and everything, you know, comment on there. If you're on all of Apple, Google, Spotify, podcast apps, give us some stars and let us know what you think. And we will be back next week to dive more into this playoff push and to help you guys win your leagues. So thank you guys and have a good one.